Welcome to the CBA Grain Exchange Podcast. This is your host, Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager for Central Valley Ag. During this podcast, we dissect the latest USDA updates and discuss other key market features. Every month, you will hear from different members of the CBA Grain Team on what trends we are seeing in the marketplace and solutions to current marketing challenges. Welcome back, everybody, to an August edition of the CBA Grain Exchange. We're talking the August WASDE report today. Kaylin Vandenberg is our guest, grain merchandiser at Central Valley Ag. Kaylin, welcome to the CVA Grain Exchange. Thank you for having me. Kaylin's down here in our York, Nebraska office, part of the merchandising pod group, wing, whatever you want to call them. They're all down here in uh, the York office trading CVA's position, um, and we're just happy to have them here. So, Kaylin, tell us a little bit about your background. I uh, grew up in the David City area uh, on a family farm, uh, row crops, uh, had cattle early on, but got out of that. Uh, went to Nebraska Wesleyan, where majored in business, and, uh, and then did, took an internship here at CVA, uh, starting out, and then got hired on after I graduated, and then been working here ever since. So, uh, knocking on the door six years. Yeah, it's uh, time's flying by. The internship experience is good. You got a chance to take a look at CVA. CVA got a chance to take a look at you. Um, and I guess both parties had a good enough experience because uh, you got offered a full-time job. So Yeah, it was a really good experience. Uh, we really got to, got shown the kind of the ins and outs of all parts of the of the grain business that we, that we touch and handle. Uh, started out with merchandising, spent some time with origination operations. So got to see from when the grain comes into the facility to loading it out, to how do we buy it, how do we sell it. So um, overall, really, really cool experience. You know, we've had a lot of our grain specialist team uh, on this podcast over the last uh, year and a half. Uh, we've got a few merchandisers on. I don't know that we've ever paused for a moment and just kind of defined what a day is like in the life of a CVA grain merchandiser. Could you give us a little peek behind the curtain there? Yeah, absolutely. So the very simple way of of putting uh, what I do is uh, so I sell corn to our CVA's corn to ethanol plants and cattle feeders uh, in Nebraska and Iowa have a couple chicken feeder customers as well. Uh, basically what that means is just staying in, in contact and building relationships with end users within our footprint. Um, working hand uh, working hand in hand with origination as well as our dispatching group and, uh, and operations managers just to kind of manage manage through uh, logistics and work on um, just looking for opportunities to where we can where we can sell grain, make some space, uh, and overall just manage uh, CVA's risk portfolio. Yeah, right now I overheard you guys talking a little bit in the back room today, uh, starting to get a pre-harvest plan put together uh, as far as space allocation goes. You know, it looks like we have a good crop in Nebraska, Iowa, uh, Kansas coming at us. And so uh, just making those plans to make sure that our facilities can service the producer uh, and get them dumped this fall. Yes, absolutely. That's we're starting to dive into that. It's a long process, but uh, really, the like you said, Luke, the goal is to have a uh, as fluid and um, good experience for for the producers that are bringing grain into the elevator. Uh, we want to have a good experience. We want the farmers to have a good experience to be able to be able to take take their grain and in an efficient manner to be able to help them get harvest finished up as quickly as possible. Um, so with that. You know, it, it just involves a lot of uh, a lot of hands 
a lot of hands-on talking with origination, what they think just overall, how, how the yields are in certain areas and what we need to do as far as finishing up this last bit of old crop and kind of how that, um, how we just need to position our elevators heading into new crop. Absolutely. Big team effort. Uh, a lot of pieces, like you said, to make that all work. Well, cool. God, glad to get your uh, perspective on today's report and uh, a little bit on merchandising uh, after we discuss that. Let's dive into the numbers today. So August WASD was today. This is the first uh, survey-based information that we're receiving on the yield uh, for the crop that's growing in the field right now. And so uh, next month in September, we actually get objective yield data next month. And so what that means is the USDA prognosticators are going to be actually pulling samples um, from fields across the Midwest and weighing ears and counting pods and doing all those things um, to actually get some objective data in their yield number. That is not what took place today. Today was survey-based data from producers and was also satellite imagery uh, to produce a yield number. And so uh, that's kind of an interesting um, piece that you know we should keep in mind as we think about where this market's headed. Uh, but today was a bullish uh, reaction, bullish surprise in terms of the corn yield today. Uh, USDA goes from a 179.5 down to a 174.6 on the corn yield. Uh, that was kind of the big surprise. They did make several demand revisions, both on old and new crop. Uh, old crop, we did see uh, food seed and industrial up 40 million bushels, and then uh, exports down 75. Uh, so the overall impact was a 35 million bushel bump to the old crop carryout. Um, and you look at the new crop side, uh, feed and residual was cut 100 million. USDA citing higher prices likely to cut into some feed usage. And then on the export side, down 100 million bushels, really no reason given there and something that we're probably scratching our head on just a little bit. Carry out uh, down 190 million to 1.242 billion. Uh, stocks to use ratio down, oh, call it 1.1% uh, at 8.5%. So corn was up pretty sharp after the numbers came out. Should mention Brazilian production was cut. You know, we've been talking about that on this podcast a little bit uh, down from 93 to 87. So they, they are continuing to shave the size of the Brazilian crop, which they should. Um, so that's gotten tighter as well. But uh, those were kind of the highlights today. Again, the yield was probably the, the big surprise that was really below the range of industry expectations coming in. Uh, so corn was up, you know, pretty sharply. After the report, we settled 12 and three quarters, uh, excuse me, 14 cents higher on the December corn at 573 and a quarter. That was Camelin 21 cents off the high today. So we did peel back off the highs quite a bit in the corn market. We'll talk about beans in a minute, but uh, what were your uh, key takeaways, Camelin, on the corn numbers today? I think the, probably the biggest takeaway is just the reduction in the overall yield uh, for this coming crop. I think there's probably a lot, of, a lot of folks that were expecting that just with the chatter kind of around the, the middle of the United States, just with a lot of areas that had had a pretty tough go from the start, not not having a lot of moisture last year, and then the, that moisture profile continued to be pretty lackluster throughout the the winter and into the spring, and then just haven't had much much rain or uh, any moisture throughout this throughout this growing season. So mm -hmm. I think it was kind of kind of expected uh, from that standpoint. I don't know if it, that big of one was was expected, but um, that'll have an interesting uh, ripple effect as we head into next year's uh, overall demand picture 
what we're kind of seeing already as far as kind of, and also with what we expect with ethanol has made its return um, mm-hmm. from where we saw last year uh, with what happened with COVID. Uh, the ethanol plants, majority of them are back up online and, and running pretty healthy. We have seen margins hang in there uh, from, and that's just a rough estimate or calculation on what, what we do in house here, but ethanol margins have been relatively healthy for majority of kind of the comeback uh, last few months here that, that we've had. So you would think kind of taking a look at the overall supply and demand picture for this next year, people are out and about again, you know, barring any uh, potential flare up of, of anything again. So pretty optimistic overall with the domestic demand picture on the ethanol side of things. I really do think that that we'll kind of go back to a quote unquote normal type of mm-hmm. uh, production year for them to where uh, it should be pretty consistent usage as we go throughout the year. So I'll be interested to kind of see how that goes in the, in the overall number tweaking as we go forward, especially with August kind of off to a pretty hot start and we'll see how, how things finish up here at the end of September. Yeah. You mentioned ethanol, you know, USDA five, 0.075 billion in this current crop year and then new crop they've got them at 5.2 you know so we do expect you know ethanol to kind of get back on back to normal so to speak i guess uh, in your words um, so that is a positive for sure uh, you know we mentioned exports being down 100 million bushels which is a little surprising you know when you look at brazilian uh, production continuing to get smaller and their exports of course will be down they're just not going to have the surplus available a little bit of a head scratcher to see new crop u.s corn exports take that big of a cut today um when we've got brazil's crop getting smaller you know usually that's an inverse relationship brazil's crop gets smaller u.s exports go up um, so a little bit odd to see that today that might have been usda's attempt to make the numbers work today now you did mention kaylin uh you know, uh, state yields today, kind of the haves and have nots. So if we look at USDA data um, on the yield side, it's really the Eastern Corn Belt versus the Western Corn Belt. And so you have Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, those three states all forecasted to have record yields on corn as it stands today. By contrast, um, you look at North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, all double digit cuts in yield uh, compared to a year ago. Uh, in terms of percentage, excuse me, not yield. So really it's the West versus the East and uh, really trying to get our hands around, you know, where that yield is going to be. So again, we get objective data next month. They'll actually be in the fields. They're going to pull ears. We get the pro farmer crop tour and all the other crop tours going on in August. So uh, the data is going to start getting a lot better and clearer, you know, as we go forward. Um, Okay. Let's talk about the soybean market a little bit. Um, That one, not quite as friendly today. Uh, let's start off with the demand revisions, crush and exports for old crop combined uh, to be cut by 25 million bushels. So the carryout goes up to 160. Uh, on the new crop side, yield was cut from 50.8 to 50.0. And on the demand side, both crush and exports down 20 million bushels each. So we lost 42 uh, or 40 million bushels of demand, excuse me, uh, which does offset our supply uh decrease and so overall new crop carryout stays at 155 so no changes on the bean side that was maybe a tad disappointing for the bulls soybeans probably saw a sympathy bullish reaction in tandem with wheat and corn but uh, ultimately soybeans not a great day technically spiked all the way up to 1369 on november beans and finished at 1341 you know so we're 28 cents off the highest today and right in the middle of the range so uh 
Your your thoughts, Kalen, as you look at the soybean numbers today? I guess the one surprise is just the uh, the adjustments on the overall demand picture. So we've seen some pretty consistent and good demand on the export side of things this last crop year um, and the way things are looking this coming year, especially hit uh, no Ds, Jan. Uh, we've had some pretty good interest on on new crop or people at least asking anyway. So that, and then on the domestic side of things with the soybean crushers, last two years, honestly, the soybean crushers have been, been doing very, very well. Margins have been really good. So we've seen them run at, um, you know, we've seen a couple different 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 times throughout this last year where they've been crushing at a rec- crushing record amount of bushels. So to me, that's a little surprising. I would think, um, you know, the way things are looking now, there are some there are some positive margins out there to go grab. So to me, that adjustment or yeah, the adjustment on the demand picture that surprises me a little bit. I would. The way things look right now, I would estimate that that we'll continue to see the, the domestic soybean crusher to have good margins again this year. Um, again, that's in-house calculation, so there may be a few things, give or take, a little bit that that um, may adjust that a little bit. But overall, very very healthy as far as the the soybean crush margins go. So I'll be interested to see how that actually shakes out as we head into this next year, but. My opinion, I think uh, it may be just a, a a slight tweak that maybe they didn't know. Not sure what to do with that, but sure. Yeah, well, and you know, kind of like the corn with the exports, you know, you, when you cut production, which we did today by lowering the yield, sometimes they got to make the numbers work. I mean, if we wouldn't, if we would not have cut exports and crushed today on new crop, you know, carry out for new crop would be one hundred and fifteen million bushels, which you and I know is pipeline or less than pipeline status um, for August of 2022. So there might've been a little massaging going on to make the numbers work. Yeah. And that's something that I was honestly kind of keeping, keeping an eye on is heading into this report, the way it was positioning, the way the crop was kind of positioning overall S and D we were getting to the point where we really didn't have a lot of room for air um, mm-hmm. from this growing season. So with what like you, you had mentioned the pipeline. So um, yeah, what is the pipeline? I say I should I should keep that in check because our listeners, when they say pipeline, you know, you got farmers out here they're irrigating. That's like a it's a word that stings a little bit, right? You know, nobody, nobody wants to lay pipe, but right. So um, the overall kind of just the pipeline, we we kind of refer to that as just the overall supply line. You know, what do we have available domestically in order to meet our own uh, our own U.S. demand? type of needs. So if we get to the point where we're starting to get into that critical type number where we're knocking on the door of of that pipeline type number, then you have to start looking at how does the export picture or excuse me, the import picture into the United States on beans start to look and what does that do to the overall the margin for those crushers? Because if it's usually you're getting to that point in time, things you aren't aren't very pretty. So um, it takes a pretty hard look at what those numbers are and um, but again, with kind of what happened today, you start taking a little bit of a breather away from that pipeline type number to where, you know, people start to feel a bit more comfortable that they've got, there's a little bit more room for air, you know, at, you know, with where we're at for this coming year's ending stocks, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out to me. It, it's still something that, 
we really don't have a lot of room for error. Uh, and so any sort of hiccups um, kind of finishing out August and into September and how the overall actual yield turns out, that's going to be key to, to kind of how this next year's demand picture turns out. Yeah, we, I mean, we got a long way to go uh, there. And like you said, with with the current situation as it is and how tight it is, you know, this market feels like it's going to have to be supportive. Uh, we can't go too low. Um, good stuff there, Kalen. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, you are a merchandiser. We talked about that in the opening cut, but what what's the year ahead look like in terms of just like merchandising setup and how would that relate to, you know, our producers and our member owners? Sure. So I guess I'll start out with old crop. Uh, you can see just looking at bid structures at whether that be at, at your local CVA elevator or ethanol plants is that there's a very big price difference between old crop and new crop. So that's called an inversion. So basically what that's saying is that the market wants the, the corn or the beans right now versus later on down the road. Mm-hmm. So to finish out old crop, you know, that's why they're incentivizing you to for the basically the today delivery type of type of time frame because they want it now. Um, and then as we start to transition into into new crop, we're already starting to see one, we're starting to see some basis appreciation. Um, and basically I mean but what that means is that uh, you know I took a look back on May 1st just with where you know your October type of delivery or your October delivery basis number into an ethanol plant average say 25 under to where today it's more of like a 19 under. So We've seen already six cents of basis appreciation, and like we've talked already, there's a pretty good crop that's coming at us. So, we're what we're seeing there is we're starting to see some good good demand picture uh, shaping up. O and D not as much, but when you start to turn the calendar, start looking at JFM, you see the board carries that that have developed. I think today we ended up around six or six and a half cent carry uh, December to March futures, and then and then we've got carry in the the Dece May and the Dece July. So that's pretty interesting. And I guess something to definitely kind of keep an eye on if, if your, uh, your grain selling portfolio involves just hedging futures. So that can help, help elevate that futures value um, by rolling that at a, at a carry. Mm-hmm. And so uh, basically what that, again, that's kind of saying just the opposite is that you look at kind of the, maybe the no Dece standpoint, Plenty of supply coming in with harvest in that Ocknove time frame. So really, they're saying, let's get the let's get through harvest, and we'll pay you more for your grain, Jan, Feb, March, uh, when we're starting to see some demand kind of come around. So, yeah, yeah, you know, you mentioned there were two terms in there. So this is trivia for anybody that's listening and paying attention. You said OND and JFM. Now, I know you and I know what that means, but what what do you mean when you say that? Uh, just a shorter version of, of October, November, December, and then uh, January, February, March. Just a, kind of a quicker, easier type of terminology um, that's used uh, within just the, the normal day-to-day conversations with, uh, with folks in the industry. Some of that merchandising vernacular. Yeah, we, we have so much to say. We just got to shorten it all up and kind of that's right. it all together. So JFM uh, for your Jeopardy trivia question. Uh, that you're going to win sometime. So, okay. So, okay. So big picture, uh, the cash markets are, demand's good. You mentioned that in the beans, demand's good, you know, on the ethanol side are certainly more normal than it had been the prior 18 months. Um, so basis values are firming. You know, if you have hedged inventory, which would be, um, 
anything in your own trading account or even like hedge to arrives or futures only contracts with a CVA, um, that situation is benefiting those producers. Um, you mentioned the carry um, and we've had, we've mentioned carry and talked about carry on this uh, show before, but like the D smarts at six and a half. So, you know, you're going to get paid six and a half cents to put that in a bin um, and hold it for three months. Right. That's yes, that's in, correct. in very simple terms. That's what it means. Um, I guess historically that number is good, bad, somewhere in the middle. What would you say? Historically, that's probably about, uh, I'd say middle of the road, something that we saw this last year. Uh, we saw those, we've had a little bit of carry going from Deese to uh, December futures to March futures. And then it went the exact opposite way in a, in a big way also. So we saw, that's where we started to see the futures, futures months start to invert on themselves and again, get to the point where they're saying, Hey, we want that, we want that grain right now mm -hmm. uh, versus care paying you to hold off on uh, two, three months. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's kind of tricky to navigate. Um, and really, what, as a merchandiser, you're doing that all day, every day, always watching those economics to see does it make sense to keep grain in storage or not. You know, so for producers, certainly flat price is what pays the bills. But if you are a hedger, um, and even if you just have physical inventory on the farm or even in the elevator, those are things you really should be paying attention to. And so our folks at CBA can help you with that. If it's something you want to learn more about, uh, be sure to reach out to us. Awesome. So lots of stuff going on. Um, like we said, the next month, September, uh, WASDE report is going to incorporate some objective yield data. So be sure to tune in for that. Uh, a little bit further down the tracks, we've got the September 30th stocks report, which usually helps us finalize uh, the old crop carryout, which is then released in early October. So giving you kind of a 60 day look ahead into what's coming uh, up for these markets, um, you know, tight carryouts, the volatility is probably going to continue to be a main feature. So as we end this thing, Kalen, three things that you'd like people to be thinking about uh, between now and September. Uh, starting out, I think probably one of the, the biggest ones is just uh, not only knowing what your break even is, but maintaining that. It, uh, to me, it, it's a living, breathing document, uh, especially with what we've seen happen on the input side of things this last year. Um, things are changing constantly uh, with the volatility, but not only in in the commodity markets, but also uh, fuel markets, and like I said, on the, the agronomy input side. So knowing and maintaining that break-even level to be able to take advantage of opportunities when you are above break-even uh, is huge in order to be able to, to kind of play small ball and make it another year. So keep I'd say keep an eye on that. Um, kind of going hand-in-hand hand with that on my second point is to maybe take a look out further into – uh, this next year's crop, so it'd be you know Oknova of 2022. We'll take a look out there. Um, you know we've got futures up around the I think north of five bucks on December corn. So if you can take a look at take a look at that area, it, I know on the input side it's a little bit tougher to to know what those levels are going to be. But if you can, you know normally. If there's a five in front of it, that usually gets pretty close to working out all right. So take a look at your break even out, out there at, into the into this next crop year. Uh, just to, like I said, the biggest thing is just to be able to take some risk off the table and 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 make it to the next year. And then uh, taking a look at this harvest, another big crop coming at us. And so just take a look at your overall harvest logistics. Um, 
got plenty of speed and space at our CVA locations uh, that are that are wanting and willing and happy to to help you make your harvest uh, go as smoothly as possible, uh, stress free as possible. And so uh, we're here to help you out to try and get you in and out of the field as quickly as possible. Good stuff, Kalen. Focus on those break evens. Uh, have an idea of what 22 is starting to look like as some of these inputs come out and uh, make those harvest plants. We'll be excited to see you here at CVA. Kalen, a lot of good information today. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, join us next month as we dig into the September WASD and of course, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the CVA Grain Exchange. Stay up to date on all things CVA Grain by signing up for our grain emails at cvacoop.com grain or follow us on social media at Central Valley Ag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next month, and until then, stay safe.